Hi, welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. If you're here, it's probably because you have an active interest in Winnipeg Jets hockey. Before we begin, I just want to say thank you very much for listening in. Your support means so much to us at the Locked On Podcast Network, and to me, your host. As you may have guessed from the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast name, we cover all things related to Winnipeg Jets hockey, including the most recent game recaps, team news, transactions, trades, and team analysis. On tonight's broadcast, our very first episode of the Locked On Jets show ever, We'll be giving a bird's eye view of where the Jets are right now, including standings updates, a brief recap of some of their games from this past week, and a look at their upcoming schedule, which resumes this Wednesday, uh, November 27th. If you like what you're hearing so far, please be sure to follow and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google, and the Megaphone podcast app. Typically, we record and upload new shows daily, uh, but on account of the American holiday Thanksgiving this week, I'll be recording tonight, Tuesday, and Wednesday prior to resuming our broadcast schedule uh, next week. So, the Winnipeg Jets. Where are they and what are they up to these days? Uh, right now the team is 14-9-1, which is good for a third in the Central Division and ninth in the NHL. In their last 10 games, they've posted a 7-2-1 record. On the season, they currently own a minus-4 goal differential and are currently led in scoring by Mark Shifley with 22 points. Any discussion of the Winnipeg Jets likely begins with their haphazard uh, defensive unit, which is currently without the services of Dustin Bufflin and Josh Morrissey. Uh, Morrissey is a, a more recent departure. Uh, he was injured in their last game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, which we'll cover in greater detail later on in the show. The absence of Dustin Bufflin has been an issue the Jets have been dealing with since the offseason. Uh, he really didn't show up to training camp. Uh, it's alleged that he actually was not training at all, and uh, he has now filed for arbitration in regards to a surgery that he had recently. It's not entirely clear what's going on with the situation, but uh, Bufflin has basically said that the team told him that he was cleared to play last season when he should have actually had surgery. Both the team and the player have two very different versions of the story, but I think the only thing that's clear right now is that the Jets very much miss Bufflin. Uh, Their right side of the defenses is basically down to Tucker Pullman uh, and a bunch of depth defensemen, which, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, is not really a great situation to begin with. Bufflin was a key on their power play at even strength and basically did everything for them from the back end. I'd say that, especially in defensive zone coverage and uh, defensive organization, the Jets have have shown a lot of lapses, especially in recent times. Um, And this is all before we even talk about Jacob Truba, uh, who was traded in the offseason to the New York Rangers. So right now the Jets' defense is is really struggling, and it seems like a lot of the players are having issues maintaining their, their coverages and assignments, especially when they're faced with a lot of pressure uh, from, from really rapid four checks and a high press. Unfortunately, it also takes Winnipeg's defenders and forwards a really, really, really long time to exit out of the defensive zone, uh, so what happens a lot of times is the Jets tend to get pinned in their own end, and that leads to a lot of uh, scoring chances against which in turn drives up Connor Hellebuck's save percentage. Not really the way that you want to do it, though. You'd rather the Jets actually have a clean transition between defensive zone, neutral zone, and offensive zone. No thanks to all the chaos in their own end, the Jets have had a lot of issues uh, generating high-quality offensive chances, uh, and they're definitely surrendering quite a few chances in their own end. So this is this is not really the ideal start to the season, and yet... The Jets are third in the division, and they're 14-9-1, so you're probably wondering how on earth they're even in such a position to begin with. 
The long and short of it is that Connor Hellebuck has been putting on an incredible clinic in net for the Jets. Um, I've had a lot of questions about Hellebuck over the past couple of seasons. I felt that at times he needed to perform uh, up to a higher standard than he'd actually been showing. And I think that even though he said he was comfortable with his performances last season, I'm sure he'd be the first person to admit that he just wasn't as good as he could be. This season, though, has been a bit of a different story. I mean, Hellebuck is is one of the best goaltenders in the league. He's currently saving quite a few goals above average compared to the rest of the uh, rest of the NHL goaltender crop. Um, and this is this is kind of a big development for the Jets because if they want to make the playoffs or even have some kind of deep playoff run, it's really going to start in net. The Jets aren't getting a whole lot of offensive production. The Jets' defense needs a lot of help, and neither of these things is likely to change in the near future. Right now, though, I mean, based on data from Sean Tierney, uh, who is at Charting Hockey on Twitter, you should definitely give him a follow. Um, comparing Connor Hellebuck to the rest of the competition, it becomes clear that he is definitely a cut above the rest. He saved a little bit over se- uh, seven goals above expectation, which is uh, currently leading the whole NHL at this point. And I really feel that at some point we have to start talking about the V word for Hellebuck, which, you know, I don't like talking about the Vezina Trophy this early. But seriously, if Hellebuck keeps this up, and the Jets make the playoffs, or, or even get close to making the playoffs, I really think you have to talk about him in that conversation. I mean, the Jets are, are not playing very good hockey at all, and I think that Hellebuck's performance is probably saving uh, Paul Maurice's job at this point. I mean, this team was a cup contender a couple of seasons ago, and, and this year it just doesn't seem like it's anywhere close to that caliber of play. And I, I do get that there's a lot going on with this team. I mean, they couldn't have predicted that Bufflin would kind of essentially look like he's retiring, um, right now, Brian Little is injured uh, long-term with, a, I believe, a brain bleed of some sort, um, and that was due to a, a pretty serious injury uh, where he took a puck off the side of his head. And so all of that, I totally understand. Blake Wheeler's playing second-line center. That's kind of weird. Um, the Jets' defense is slapped together with what amounts to you know, the, the glue sticks that we used to have in grade school. I understand all of that. And yet, the way that the Jets are playing is, is far too conservative for what we need to be seeing from this team. They need to be pushing the pace. They kind of need to keep going forward and essentially keep the play out of their own end. Right now, though, they're really shelling up. And I think that the longer that they play this style of hockey and and really struggle to create offensive opportunities, uh, eventually they're going to start regressing. And I think you're going to see Hellebuck start to give up more goals. He's going to stop looking like a Vezina contender because he can't carry this team for the whole season. At some point, the Jets have to do something and get the play out of their own end. I mean, you can't rely on your goaltender to take you to the playoffs. We're, what, 24 games into the season? I mean, there's a lot of the year left. At this point, the Jets really need to step up their own play and give their goaltenders some backup. They can't keep playing this style of hockey and expect the wins to keep coming. It's just not going to happen. I've been very impressed with guys like Patrick Laine, Nick Ehlers, uh, Mark Scheifele. All of these guys are putting in extra shifts and doing their best, but the rest of the team has to step up, step up to the plate, and give some, some genuine support. Right now, what we're seeing with this team... I honestly don't know if they're going to be good enough to make the playoffs. I know the rest of the Central Division is kind of bad, but this team kind of worries me. I mean, there's a lot going on that, you know, at this point is kind of an unknown. And it's not like anything that the Jets trade for is probably going to be a magic pill. There's There's got to be a lot of internal work and a lot of self-reflection and self-improvement. Uh, because at this point, external help isn't coming, not without an exorbitant price tag. The Jets have to find the will and the way to win. 
Up next, we'll kind of talk about a couple of the games that they've played over the past week, including a game against the Dallas Stars and the Columbus Blue Jackets. But before then, here's a quick message from our sponsors. Do you find yourself looking for something to eat, but you can't pull anything out of the fridge? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. That's LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. Welcome back. Hope you grabbed yourself a nice cold one and a quick snack. Settle in because uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of games that the Jets played last week, and they're a little bit of a doozy. The first game of the week was against the Nashville Predators, um, and in this game, the Jets really didn't do a whole lot, I wouldn't say. Uh, this kind of follows the pattern of what they've been doing recently, where they'll get a couple of quick early goals, or when they do take their opportunities, they're pretty opportunistic, and, and certainly on the counter, or something, a little bit of a lucky good fortune goal, you might say. Um, and then they sit deep, opting to absorb pressure in the forecheck uh, throughout the rest of the game. Nashville wasn't actually all that good in this game, even though they pumped a ton of shots on goal. Um, I'm sure Hellebuck's save percentage appreciated the nice boost. But generally speaking, I don't feel that the Preds um, threatened for most of the game until late. I would say the back half of the third period, Nashville started to to look for a few more crossing seams uh, and started pelting Hellebuck from close range. But generally speaking, they were trying to bomb from the point. Um, And point shots in the NHL on, on the whole are in decline because they're not that effective. Um, and Nashville has historically driven a lot of offense from their defense. So they still lack high-end goal scorers, and I feel like this game was a really natural showcase for this. The Preds were uh, fairly okay, um, but when you kind of have guys like Kyle Connor, Patrick Laine, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler um, shooting against you, if you don't have an elite scorer on your squad other than Philip Forsberg and maybe Ryan Johansson, you're kind of at a disadvantage. Obviously, I'm a big fan of guys like Victor Arvidsson and, and whatnot, but they they don't have enough depth scoring to to compensate for a bit of a top-heavy uh, top-six unit. And this was before even mentioning that they had benched Kyle Turris, uh, which I find to be a very puzzling decision. The Preds don't have a lot of high-end scoring to begin with, so benching Kyle Turris seems like a, a bit of an odd decision to me. Thanks to Patrick Liney and Nikolai Ehlers, the Jets came out 2-1 winners. Um, And it wasn't the world's most convincing win, but uh, Nashville uh, didn't really threaten the Jets, I don't feel. And I think that Winnipeg, generally speaking, seems to like playing on the road in Nashville and in Vegas. Unfortunately, the Jets didn't quite have the same luck against the Dallas Stars, uh, who they played a couple of nights later. Dallas is an odd team in many respects. I don't think that they are in the elite company of the Central Division, uh, but they're not far behind Winnipeg in the standings. In the past, the Jets have essentially bullied the Stars every time they've played them. Uh, and <laughs> I don't think there's anyone that the Stars fear more than Patrick Laine's slap shot. Uh, for some reason, he's feasted upon that team. Uh, and historically, the Stars were a bigger, slower, heavier team, and the Jets uh, tore them a new one in the in the offensive zone. Last season, that narrative started to shift a bit, and uh, the Stars kind of responded a little bit more. Um, but the second game of the season against the Stars was not so good. The first game they won 3-2 in overtime, um, but here they lost 3-5, and I didn't really feel like the Jets were all that competitive at any point in this game. This was probably one of the more aggressive forechecks I've seen from Dallas. I felt like they rapidly countered and and forced a lot of turnovers, um, and the Jets' penchant for struggling to exit the defensive zone uh, was on full display here. 
Every pass Dallas seemed to pick off and then immediately turn into a quick, rapid counter. Um, for the most part, a lot of the early shots and stuff didn't really seem to bother Hellebuck that much, um, but the second period was a little bit more chaotic. Dallas kind of got some weird fluky goals. Um, they were they were definitely deserved, but one of them I think popped off of Hellebuck um, and then fell in behind him after it was you know it, it was skied up pretty high um, and trickled behind the net, and then another one deflected off of somebody's stick and bounced over his shoulder. Uh, kind of the stuff that you can't really stop. And I think what was most disappointing about this game was that the Jets finally did start to show up in the third period, but by this point it's a little too late. Um, I think they did manage to tie it uh, 3-3. It was a bit of a frenetic pace, but it's, it's you know, a little too little, too late, and it's unfortunate. I felt like the Jets had a, a decent opportunity to um, close out their road trip on a nice win, but we can't win them all, and that's how it ends. So on to the next one. The final opponent before this brief break uh, until Wednesday was against the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, back in Winnipeg, and this was a, a really, really kind of a crazy game. Um, the Jets were badly outplayed for uh, various stretches of the game, and then to make matters worse, they lost Josh Morrissey, Nathan Beaulieu, and uh, Laurent Brassuada injuries. Morrissey's injury was especially worrying because he took a puck off of his leg, and then they had to help him down the tunnel. Um, as far as as far as guys who get help down the tunnel, the last person you really want to see is your number one defenseman. Calling it suboptimal would be a a pretty generous description of the situation. Uh, So at this point, the Jets' defense was really, really, really running on fumes, and it's kind of a miracle that they even managed to pull out a win here. Uh, I mean, the Jets were getting hemmed in for long stretches of the game, and, you know, Laurent Persuade going out and then bringing Connor Hellebuck in for, like, the last two minutes of the the game um, to close it out is especially crazy. I mean, you really can't script any of what just happened. Um, and especially the way that the Jets won in, like, the last minute and a half of the game. I mean, Andrew Kopp comes in and picks off um, Columbus Blue Jackets goalie Elvis Merzlikens. Uh, Merzlikens tried to make a weird clearance with a, a bad pass. Kopp picks it off and then deflects it off of, I think, David Savard. And the puck just sort of knuckled off of Savard's leg and then caught Merzlikens cheating towards one of the posts. I don't think Merzlikens was even set. Um, and it just sort of trickles into the net. I mean, that's like a crazy, crazy way to win. Um, and sure, the Jets did get two points out of this, but I mean, you just can't kind of count on that fortune going forward. All in all, though, a win's still a win, and I suppose I can't complain too much. Um, but that said, I, I do worry about the process in these wins. I mean, the Jets are are still the same team that I said that they were, you know, to start the season. Um, they're not playing particularly great hockey. I think they're getting a lot of decent fortune. Um, and they're just not generating enough for a team that has as much shooting talent and offensive firepower as this squad does. Defensively speaking, there's definitely some talent on the farm that they really should investigate calling up again. I mean, Sami Niku is lighting the AHL up, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's proven all that he can at that level. I mean, he's 22, 23 years old. Um, he's one of the best defensemen in the AHL. He's con- consistently contributing to their offense on all sides of the puck. I mean, I, I just don't understand why this team hasn't yet made him a long-term part of this squad. I know that they were saying, you know, that they want to continue to develop his skills at the AHL level, but I don't think Niku really needs that. I think Sami needs to be called up. He needs to be made a regular in this lineup. And if he makes a mistake, you know, so what? I mean, the squad is already making mistakes with the veterans. I'd rather see what Sami Niku can provide at the NHL level than have him, you know, wasting away with the Manitoba Moose. And it's not like the Moose are all that great of a team. You know, their goalie, Mikhail Berdin, is getting, you know, pelted every single night, you know, 35, 45 shots a night. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's a little nuts that 
the Jets aren't calling on some of their reserves to help them out at the big club level uh, when the Jets are kind of in a position to maybe make the playoffs. To me, it makes perfect sense why they send a guy like Vili Heinola back to Finland. You know, they save a year on his ELC contract, um, and he can continue to grow and, and mature um, and add some physicality to his game. But a guy like Sami Niku has probably proven all that he can at the current level of hockey he's playing at. I really do think you need to add him at the NHL level and at least give him more of a shot to stick at this level of the of the game. I mean, I, I don't really see what else he can do to prove that he deserves a call-up. And most certainly the guys that are, are currently playing in the spots he'd occupy, I'd be hard-pressed to say are really doing a fantastic job of it. You know, it's time to be bold, get a little experimental, call on your kids, let them run, see what they can do. Let them make mistakes and let them learn from it. If they have attitude issues, I, okay, I get it. You can you, you can demote them, you can send them down, you can do what you need to do, but at least see if they can provide you more than what you're getting now. Right now, the Jets defensively are an absolute train wreck, um, and they really need somebody who can help them transition out of the zone. And a guy like Sami Niku does all of that and then adds a lot of really smart offensive zone activations and attacking presence. He's like the perfect guy for where this team is right now, and I really feel like he deserves a chance again. In the closing stretches of our show, we're going to talk about uh, the next part of our schedule for the Jets, which is uh, San Jose on Wednesday, Anaheim on Friday, and the LA Kings on Saturday. And then next week, we have a home-and-home against the Dallas Stars on December 3rd and December 5th. Before we preview these games, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. For our final closing moments of the show, we'll talk about some of the upcoming games we have this week. Uh, And our first game is against the San Jose Sharks. I'm not sure that any team has had a weirder start to their NHL season than the San Jose Sharks. They had uh, several weeks where they really weren't winning any games whatsoever. And then this past month, they've reeled off something like eight wins in their last nine games, which is a little bit ridiculous. To be honest, I'm not really sure if they're for real. It's kind of hard to get a sense of this team just because the Sharks' underlying metrics are pretty poor right now. Um, And I would have to do a little bit more digging to find out if this team is actually on the mend or if they're still as bad as they were at the beginning of the season. Um, but certainly they weren't getting any goaltending early on. The scoring had dried up, um, and the defensive work was pretty poor. So hopefully the team is kind of rebounding a little bit, uh, because what they started off with this season was just absolutely wretched. Um, But the Jets are going to come against this team on the road, and I do wonder what the Jets are going to pull off, just because uh, winning in San Jose is no easy feat. And if this team is kind of hot on the heels of like eight eight wins in their last nine games, um, that's a little bit of a tough task for the Jets. And then their next game will be against the Anaheim Ducks, who are definitely not quite on the same level of the Sharks. Uh, the Ducks are 10, 11, and 3, and from what I've seen of this team, I'm not overly concerned about the Jets. I think that the, the Ducks are a pretty weak opponent, and I feel like Winnipeg can definitely take advantage um, of, of a team that's going through essentially a rebuilding process right now. Uh, the Ducks are, are definitely living up to their record at this point. For the past couple of seasons, the Ducks have heavily relied on goaltender John Gibson to carry them through, but I don't think he can cover all of this team's issues. Uh, defensively, they're pretty weak. Um, they lack a bit of offensive spark. Uh, they've relied on guys like Ryan Getzloff and Andre Kasha to carry the load, but at this point, this team is just on the wrong side of their 30s, and every team will eventually go through this, even the Jets. Uh, and that time is hopefully you know distant for us, but it, it's definitely not too, too far off. So I think it would behoove Winnipeg to take advantage of teams like this um, and try and make pushes for the playoffs while they still can. And then to close out this Western uh, Western Conference trip uh, through the Pacific, they have the LA Kings. And the Kings are actually the worst team of all three. Um, I don't think it's any secret that the, the Kings have run out of steam these days. They're all of their best players are over the age of 30. And while they do have some promising young talent and guys like Luff, uh, Grundstrom, Kempe, and Prokorkin, 
I think it'd be a lot to expect this team to to accomplish a whole lot these days. Looking at their team stats page is a little bit depressing. I mean, Anze Kopitar is, is still productive at his age. He's got 24 points in 23 games, which is pretty great. Uh, and their next top scorer is Drew Doughty with 17 points in 23 games. Um, but from there, it really trails off. I mean, Tyler Toffoli's in third place uh, with 12 points in 22 games. That's just not the kind of top three production you want to see from your top young scorers on this team. Uh, and, you know, kind of thinking about this trip, I think, the Jets have an opportunity to take at least two two of these three games. I mean, the Ducks and the uh, the Kings are definitely easier opponents, but they're definitely not easy games, I wouldn't say. Um, so I do expect a loss in San Jose. I think the Sharks are good enough to, to give Winnipeg trouble. Um, and maybe the Ducks and Kings kind of do the same thing that other teams that have beaten the Jets do, and that sort of grind them out and wear down Winnipeg in the defensive zone. I think that there's a uh, there's certainly a winnable opportunity on this Pacific swing, um, but you know the Jets are playing pretty bad hockey at this point, so who's to say? It could be a bit of a coin flip. The final two games are against the Dallas Stars, and uh, I can't lie, I'm a little bit concerned. The Stars did just really trounce the Jets in a pretty pretty one-sided game. Even though the Jets did try and make a comeback, it definitely wasn't enough, and I felt like overall the effort levels just weren't there. Uh, the Dallas forecheck really messed with Winnipeg's defensive zone coverages, and I felt like the whole time Winnipeg was basically on a knife's edge. Um, and if, if Morrissey, for any reason, can't go um, and is still injured at this point, which it sounds like he is on the mend because he was participating in an all-star skills competition, um, if he's not there, if he's not healthy, that's a bit of a problem. I mean, the Jets' defense is already pretty paper thin, uh, but they definitely would need him in a game like this. I do think that the Jets can definitely beat Dallas at home. Uh, on the road, it might be a little bit of a taller task. I mean, the, the Dallas Stars did just kind of humble the Jets 5-3 uh, the other night. So I'm going to keep my expectations reserved uh, and within check. I think that the Jets are probably closer to a 500 team than they've shown so far. Um, and at this point, it's kind of hard to say how they're going to do in the future. I mean, if for any reason Hellebuck starts to slip and regress or the Jets' offense stops getting lucky, it could start to look a little bit dire at points. I mean, the Jets just aren't creating a whole lot of even strength, uh, and their power play units have definitely been struggling as of late. I don't know why the team keeps uh, lining off of the first power play unit, uh, but that's definitely a podcast topic for another time. Um, hopefully, the Jets will figure things out on this next road trip um, and pull off some neat wins so that they can add to their points total. I'm not expecting anything tremendous, but I, I would like to see a couple of wins at least. I mean, the Jets are have enough shooting talent to get by a lot of a lot of weaker squads, so you know, crossing fingers. So that'll about do it for the Jets news. Um, before we close out the day, I do just want to say congratulations to all you Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans. I know you guys have been waiting 29 years for a CFL championship title, uh, and you guys have suffered through some really bad management teams um, and some pretty rough heartbreaks. So congratulations. Uh, Please be sure to shut down Portage in Maine at least once a week, um, if not every day. Uh, celebrate the win, enjoy it, and bask in the glory. These times don't come around very often, so it's really, really, really a special occasion, and I hope you guys all enjoy it. Uh, I look forward to getting back up to Winnipeg soon, and thanks for tuning in to Locked on Jets. Have a great one.